authority, but when used with God, it's talking about absolute authority. Um, and so we see like equivalence in, in the New Testament being master. Um, but one thing I never, until I was kind of researching and look, looking this, looking deeper into this topic, I didn't know Adonai was a plural, and that it's Adon is the singular, Adonai is a plural, and so there's a plurality of majesty, kind of like Elohim, mm-hmm. um, and so kind of should be understood as Lord of all or Lord par excellence was the way one commentator put it. Um, and so again, using person to person, showing just superiority or authority one has over another, um, but with God, it's really showing that he possesses the supreme sovereignty and really the ultimate authority over all things that are external to himself. back to the No Greater Joy podcast brought to you by the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church in beautiful Westlake, Ohio. Uh, we want for our people what Jesus wants for his people, and that is to know greater joy. And we do that by stepping into the areas that bring no greater joy, and that's being a 24-7 worshiper, a go person, and an alongsider. I am Pastor Steve Strong, lead pastor here at Grace, and once again, my friendly sidekick, uh, Ryan Atkins, Ryan associate Atkins. pastor here at Grace. Although he's not on my side, we're face-to-face equals. <clears throat> anyway, also huge thanks to uh, Dan Craniac, member here at Grace, producing this, making this just quite frankly work and sound good. So a huge thank you and shout out to Dan. Uh, so this is episode 36, I guess not counting the gospel collision stories that we are uh, providing for you guys. Um, and, oh, I don't know, the last five or six of these episodes, we've been looking at the area of theology proper, who God is, and um, so we want to kind of wrap that series up, and there's probably no better way to wrap it up than what we want to talk about, and that's the names of God. And um, Ryan, do you know what your name means? There was a sign on... Like my parents had a thing with like a pressed flower, I can't, a strong king or strong prince or something. I don't remember what my name, All what right. Ryan means. Oh, really? Something like that, yeah. But I can <clears throat> see that little thing in the hallway at my parents' house. So it means something. It means something. And you can see it up there. You just don't know exactly what it means. Yeah, I don't know exactly what it means. So I think Stephen is crowned one. Oh. So we got a bunch of kingly men here. Google it. <laughs> Daniel, do we know what Daniel means? Daniel. Yes, we do. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. God is my judge. God, ooh, and that might work. Danny L. Oh, that's right. L for L. We'll get to that. Yes. A little foreshadowing. But um, so, you know, we, you don't, weren't 100% sure what your name means. I had to look mine up. Names probably in our culture don't have, or we don't care about the meanings maybe as much as we did years and years and years ago, mm-hmm. centuries ago even within scripture, mm-hmm. um, how we name our kids is like, okay, how many syllables are in our last name? And so how many syllables need to be in the first name? You know, do we have a family name we want to carry on? Driven by sound. That's right. Sound. Is there alliteration? Phonetic, is there... All that kind of stuff. Yeah. So um, obviously within scripture, the, a name meant something, but we have names that mean things. Um Nicknames? Did you have any nicknames growing up? I did. You asked me this question earlier, and I had to think about it. Um, but two came to mind. Middle school, um, Ryan Alsop. 
uh, named me Skins, just short Adkins. And ah, all right. that was during the <laughs> basketball season. Uh, so I became Skins. And then in high school, uh, during my senior year playing soccer, I had a younger um, teammate who nicknamed me Big Cat. Big Cat. Yeah. Nice. We'll remember that. Yeah. I may remember Pastor Skins. That might uh, that might work. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. I really only had one that I remember of, that I remember, and it was kind of middle school or young, like freshman, sophomore, playing basketball. One of my coaches called me Moose. Moose. Because I was a post player, held my own. But we were small school, whatever. But I do remember Moose. I probably have other nicknames that I've just like We've blocked from our memories. Yes, repressed those. Not memories. gonna. Not, we're not gonna bring that up. <laughs> but there are some great nicknames throughout history. Um, do you know of any? I have a long list here, and I'm curious if the, you got any. The name that first comes to mind is Wild Bill. Okay, Wild Bill. Well, there's close, and they were in the playoffs. Buffalo Bill. You okay. know, that's probably a famous one. It's interesting because yeah. Buffalo Bill. His name was William Frederick Cody, and he was known for hunting bison. So, like, the Buffalo Bills are named after a guy that would hunt buffalo <laughs> or bison. That, um, that would be an quite, awesome sideline skit yes, he during was quite one of their games. proficient <laughs> at it. <clears throat> so it's like, do, do the Bills have, like, a mascot that's, they like, do. a buffalo guy? I can't remember, probably Buffalo I, Bill I, or something like that. And it's like... Hmm. <laughs> Not sure that this works. You guys know who the British Bulldog is? Is he a boxer? Winston, I'm... Winston Churchill. Ah, okay. All you right. know who Ike? Yeah, Dwight Eisenhower. Eisenhower, yeah. Uh, do you know who the governator is? <laughs> you got to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> the governator, the Arnold Schwarzenegger. There's a basketball player nicknamed the Microwave. A microwave. Yes, Vinnie Johnson played for the Pistons in the bad boy <laughs> years. He was he would come off the bench and he would get super hot. It would just take one shot in a minute, and he would go and like make twelve straight or something. It's probably so, no one nicknamed the Crockpot who's ever played. No, <laughs> professional sports <laughs> takes him forever or, to get ready. That's right. But when he does, he's he awesome. He's really good. Um, so the great the great Bambino, mm-hmm. uh, the Sultan of SWAT. So there are also, but some history, more political ones. Um, Queen Victoria, it was known as the grandmother of Europe. Hmm. She had nine kids, 42 grandchildren, and apparently many, if not all of her kids and grandchildren married royalty from other countries throughout Europe. So like, it was interesting. spread throughout. Edward I had a nickname, Longshanks, because he was tall. Oh, I thought it was because he was a bad golfer. No. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There was a Roman emperor, Gaius Caesar Augustus Germanicus. All right? He was emperor 12 to 41 AD. So during Jesus' time. All right. So when he was young, his father, a military guy, he would take him... He would be with him, and all of his dad's soldiers, when he was a young kid, would dress him up in military uniform, and he had these tiny little boots that he wore, and they gave him the nickname Tiny Boots, but in their language, it was Caligula. So the Emperor Caligula 
Yeah. Is the nickname Tiny Boots, and he hated it. <laughs> so apparently, no one ever told him to his face. Um, sounds like a start of a musical. <laughs> to me, just, <laughs> yeah, the way it ridiculous. starts, this kid embraces the name, but then he spurs it. But um, <laughs> but anyway, all of that names like those names came. They came from something. They mean something. Um, you know, whether it was. Um, our nicknames and how we played basketball and mm-hmm. or how we grew up or someone who was tall, they call them lang- like names have a root to them. They're mm-hmm. there for a reason. If you're Buffalo Bill because you hunt bison um, or you're the Sultan of Swat because you hit home runs, like there's names there, all right? And so the way they would name people in scripture is quite different than how we do it now. So how do you, how would they name people in scripture? Well, it'd be tied to a, a like a, I'm going to use the word ancestor, like a familial sure. name, yep. right? Like um, <clears throat> you'd have situations where you have like uh, uh, using a descriptor of someone, mm-hmm. you know, or describing how someone is or. Like their character. Know, yeah. Or mm-hmm. if you're, you know, naming John the Baptist, it's because, you know, like. Yep, he's the baptizer. That's something that he's doing. Yep, name him John. You know, just yeah. So I think also so along those lines, like Nabal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Abigail was was his wife with David, and but he was named Nabal because he was a fool, and he acted like a fool even in that whole scenario. Mm-hmm. Um, my son's named Jacob. We give him a hard time with this all the time, but Jacob in scripture is deceiver or even more literal what does it mean heel grabber right mm-hmm. and because what happened as, as they were being birthed his hand was on his heel and he lived out his name he was deceiver there's I'm, other ones i'm glad <clears throat> your son has not lived up to that name true <laughs> you have like another example abram yep is exalted father going to abraham father of multitudes yep yep um jacob his name being changed to Israel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, diff- and those are, again, you have character. Correct. But their character is changing throughout the course of their life. Mm-hmm. So their names are changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Daniel earlier, like that was mm-hmm. one that came to mind as I was saying about this, with you know, the like, idea of God is my judge, and then Nebuchadnezzar changed his name to Belteshazzar, being you know, Bel protects his life, mm-hmm. like yep. assigning yep. that to another uh False deity, if you yep. will. Yeah, all three of us had Hebrew names, but then they mm-hmm. were given. Yep, Barnabas was another one I thought of. Oh, that's like, right. Like that's I've I've tried to convince my wife to let me call one of our sons Barnabas, but I've gotten close on a middle name. But no, maybe maybe get Joseph because that was his given name. Barney, but you know Barnabas as the son of encouragement. Yeah, the encourager. Yep. So. <clears throat> or names were given. So you have names that are rooted in a person's character, but we also see in Scripture people getting names that are kind of rooted in God's character or what mm-hmm. they hope from God. For instance, Elijah. His parents recognized something about Jehovah because Elijah means Jehovah is God. All right? And there and there's others in Scripture, and we don't have to get bogged down with that, but um, yeah, even... Elijah's buddy Elisha. Mm-hmm. Uh, what does that mean? Salvation <laughs> is of Elohim. So, so you have names that are given to 
express a reality and a truth about who God is. Our daughter, Katie's middle name is Faith, for that reason, because, you know, it took us a little longer to be able to conceive with her, and it was it was a stretch of our faith, not mm-hmm. like many other people go through, but um, but nonetheless, we're, you know, you give the name to express a truth that is is meaningful to you, mm-hmm. so... Um, so other, when it comes to, and so I think we see that pattern happening in people and that pattern is set with how God has made himself known. We've talked a lot about his character and his qualities and how he exists and his attributes, the plan of God. I think we, it was the, the, the previous episode and how he's working in this world. And it's not, it doesn't do him justice just to refer to him as, God, mm-hmm. um, and because he has made himself known, and um, and is named to reflect all of that. Um, but I guess before we get into those specific names, uh, the name of God is worth considering um, because we see even just that phrase, "the name of God," is used throughout Scripture, and. Actually, as I was looking at this, more often than maybe I had considered, when you just Mm -hmm. think about that phrase, the name of the Lord, um, Mm -hmm. one of the first places is Exodus 34, 5, and 6. I think you have it there. I do. want to read that? Sure can. Uh, The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there, that being Moses, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him. And proclaim the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting, and so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. So here's the name of the Lord, and it's a whole bunch of character qualities. Yeah. Um, And so what do you see people doing? In Genesis, you see people calling upon, and here's our phrase, the name of the Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and to call upon the name of the Lord is to is to worship Him, mm-hmm. um, and then the opposite to forget the name of the Lord. Jeremiah talks about this in Jeremiah twenty three. To forget His name is to depart from Him, and to offend and to kind of an affront to the majesty and the glory of God. And the Ten Commandments is to take the name of the Lord. In vain to use the name of God, the name of the Lord, in ways that are useless, that is an affront to His Majesty. And 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 sinners are saved how mm-hmm. by believing on His name. On His name, <laughs> like believe on the name of the Lord, and you will be saved. Everything you know, we gather on Sunday mornings. Believers gather together in His name. When we pray, we pray in his name. Jesus tells his disciples, you know, you're going to get persecuted because of my name. Um, And the church is composed of people who call on the name of the Lord. So this idea of the name of God is is an appropriate kind of conclusion to our our study here. Mm -hmm. But specifically, though, um, you know, Ryan, maybe walk us through what are the – I guess we could probably – three, say, three primary names of God. Mm-hmm. Um, there's others, but maybe just kind of walk us through what those three primary names are. Sure. So you have 
you know, Elohim, uh, Jehovah, and Adonai. Um, so for Elohim, you see, you know, thousands of uses uh, revealing to God, both generally and speaking of his true deity. Um, it's first used in Genesis 1.1. And we see it as, in scripture, we just see it as God. Uh, and so you have this differentiation. And I mean, this is something as you're working through your Bible reading plan to think about as you see God and Lord and Lord, like mm-hmm. what those words represent. Because um, yep. there's different aspects being highlighted in different ways. And so you have with Elohim, you know, this deity of a greater power who deserves fear and reverence and worship. Um, he is the true God, the strong one, the supreme deity. You know, he's the creator. Um, there's a Elohim is the plural of El. Uh, and so it's, you have this um, plurality and oneness shown, uh, but not directly pointing to the Trinity, not yep. requiring a Trinitarian view at that point, mm-hmm. just, but it does allow for the revelation of the Trinity to play out in the rest of scripture. Um, you have this idea of just this unlimited greatness and supremacy. And uh, one commentator I was reading talked about it as a plural of intensity, like that mm-hmm. God has such a vast fullness to his power that a plural name is appropriate for him and to him. Uh, that's a plural of majesty, um, and you you just kind of see there's there's power and strength of God differentiated from the defenselessness of man. Like there's a distinction between God and man in this plurality of Elohim. Yep, and I think it's important just to again note how you were describing Elohim is that there's use for the God of the Bible. Mm-hmm. But there's also that word is used for false gods. Mm-hmm. And so when you see in primarily our Old Testaments um, the word God, G-O-D, <clears throat> if it's a lowercase g, then you know that it's referring – Elohim is being used, mm-hmm. but it's being referred to false gods. If it's a capital G, then it's being used, obviously, for the one true God, mm-hmm. the God who is above all other gods. Um so keep going. All right. So let's move on to Jehovah. Uh, so Jehovah, you have over 5,000 different uses in the Old Testament. Um, wow. So that's twice as many. Twice as many. And yep. so you have uh, Yahweh, um, and, and they can't, the tetragrammation, is that right? Yep, tetragram, like yep. Just like, four letters, yep. Just four letters, you know, Y-H-W-H. And then adding in vowels from Adonai, uh, so it becomes Jehovah from Yahweh. And then you have that first appearing in Exodus 6, and um, God's present with his people, Israel, and you see it written in Scripture as Lord with the small caps. Um, And so whenever you see that, that differentiates it from Adonai, which we'll talk about in a minute, that is Lord with just normal, um, you know, upper and lowercase letters. And so... um, the meaning for Jehovah, for Yahweh, you know, is I am who I am. And so it really signifies God's uh, self-existence and that he is the changeless one. Uh, he's he, like It's really speaking of his eternal and unchanging nature that he is and wills to be. Um, it's used specifically with Israel as the personal name by which he was known. 
in Israel. That's the present and covenant-keeping God. And so it just really describes his presence, that he's ever-present, that he's active. Um, it's used, uh, it designates the relationship between God and man, especially with man's redemption. Um, and, you know, we know from that, that name that, that he's Yahweh, you know, that he is both imminent and personal and uh, that he's eternal, he's self-existent, he's present. Like there's so many truths that come forth just from this name of who God is and his character. Yep. Yeah, I think, <clears throat> you know, when, you, when you're reading through the Old Testament and uh, recently we were, as a church, looking at Psalm 19, um, sometimes maybe you feel as you're reading Scripture, do make an effort to notice the different names that are being used mm-hmm. by the authors because because there's a purpose they are choosing and so like Psalm 19 when we looked at it a weeks weeks ago it was you know the first part the heavens declare the glory of God second part of the psalm talking about the scriptures and all the different names it's the the commandments of the Lord it's the law of the Lord, the precepts of the Lord. And the author changed the name he was using, and that's on purpose. Mm-hmm. And so as you're going through your Bible reading plans, um, and as you're just as you're reading, don't feel like, oh, like I'm nitpicking by noticing these things, or um, or I don't need to try to draw something out of that. It is it's worth observing the name that is being used. If mm-hmm. it's Elohim, God, if it's all caps, Lord, Jehovah, like there's a purpose there yeah. um, in in what they're trying to, to represent. Yep. And yeah. so you have, yeah, go ahead. You're gonna I was going to say, it's, and there's, there's a reason why it was translated into our, like what we're holding in English Bibles yep. that way, yep. right? It's not just like, hey, we'll just do this one here. We'll do that one. No, there's a purpose behind yep. it. And it's, yep really highlighting that difference. And, yep. You know, and think about the difference between, you know, when we go to the BMV and it's Stephen Strong, you know, <laughs> or the difference between that and my wife calling me to, to come look at something, you know, hey, Steve, can you? And so, like, context, it, there's difference that reflects something that's trying to be portrayed. And so, yep, Elohim is the this, this God is just massive. He's transcendent. He's above and beyond. He is greater than all things. Jehovah Yahweh is, but He has come very near to us. Mm-hmm. And there is a relationship, a personableness to Him, and He's made promises with us. But there's a third one. And there's a third one, Adonai. And so this one appears not nearly as many times as the other two. So we're just in the hundreds, not the thousands with this one, how often it appears in the old Testament. Um, but I thought it was interesting. One note I found was that of the 450 plus times we see it in the old Testament, over 300 of those, of those times it's in conjunction with Yahweh. Mm-hmm. And so that was an interesting little tidbit that way. If you're on jeopardy, you can get that one right someday. Um, this one we see written in scripture. We already mentioned. So they may want to rewind a second. That's right. Go back 10 seconds, 15 now, hear that again. That's right. So that it gets ingrained so that when you get on jeopardy, you remember. That's right. Uh, sorry. That's, that's all good. It's good. Um, did you get that? And now they're going to get stuck because they heard me go back 10 seconds again. All right. 
Oh, it's an endless loop. Oh, no. I feel like that's in a movie. Okay. Um, Lord, uh, <laughs> lowercase Lord, Adonai. Um, this one meaning, you know, master Lord, owner, um, it, a word that's also used in relationship with like man to man, just yep. Yep. Uh, carrying with it authority. But when used with God, it's talking about absolute authority. Um, and so we see like equivalence in, in the New Testament being master. Um, but one thing I never, until I was kind of researching and look, looking this, looking deeper into this topic, I didn't know Adonai was a plural. Mm. And that it's Adon is the singular, Adonai is a plural. And so there's a plurality of majesty, kind of like Elohim. Mm-hmm. Um, and so kind of should be understood as Lord of all or Lord par excellence was the way one commentator put it. Um, And so again, using uh, person to person, showing just superiority or authority one has over another. Um, But with God, it's really showing that he possesses the supreme sovereignty and really the ultimate authority over all things that are external to himself. Yep. So all caps is Jehovah. All caps Lord is Jehovah. Capital L, lowercase O-R-D is Adonai. Mm-hmm. Lowercase L, lowercase O-R-D is also Adonai, right? Mm-hmm. But just speaking of uh, a human master. Correct. A human lord, a human kind of authority. Mm-hmm. So, And what's cool about each of those names, Elohim, Yahweh, Adonai, is often throughout Scripture the those words those names are in in compound form mm-hmm. so obviously they're used alone as god and jehovah and adonai but a lot of times <clears throat> they're also hyphenated with another word mm-hmm. another descriptor um so for instance probably a very familiar one is El Shaddai. So you, what you have is you have a compound name, Elohim, hyphenated Shaddai. So two words, literally, you know, just meaning God Almighty. And you're probably not going to see the actual word El Shaddai in Scripture, mm-hmm. but you will see the word or the title God Almighty. Mm-hmm. And so, but it's a compound name, if you will. And think about it in terms of, you know, when it comes to El Shaddai or others, it's what God is as Elohim, he is as Shaddai. So, like, what he is as Elohim, let me grab my notes here, what he is as Elohim, so the the great creator the high transcendent above all things, what he is as that, he is as Shaddai. And the word Shaddai has the sense of strong, mighty, terrible, irresistible, but it also, specifically with Shaddai here, it also has a very intimate, close type sense to it. It is used or pictured or in a way in a context of a child that is held close to her mom. And with that mother, especially as a young child, there's a sense of um, resource in nursing, 
protection, security, provision. And so what a child has with his mom, her mom, God's people have in God, that almighty source of sufficient resource and supply. And the one place that it's used that I think is, um, I think, really informative is in Ruth, this compound named El Shaddai. Um, at the beginning of Ruth, Naomi um, leaves. There, there's a famine. She follows her husband to Moab, leaves Bethlehem, Israel, goes to Moab. Her husband dies, her sons die, and her daughters-in-law, Ruth, is the only one that stays with her. She comes back, and her words to her people were, the Almighty, Shaddai, God Almighty, has dealt bitterly with me. And so it's as if she is saying, El Shaddai, the Elohim, who is an all-sufficient resource and supply, God Almighty, has been unmotherly with me. And I've come back. So don't call me Ruth or Naomi. Call me Mara, I think, bitter, Hmm. because God has been, because El Shaddai has been unmotherly. But then, of course, the whole account of Ruth is that, you know what? No, God hasn't. He has supplied. Mm-hmm. He's supplied you with Ruth, who then becomes the grandmother or great-grandmother of David. And so it's actually quite the irony that the tables really aren't as Ruth sees, or mm-hmm. name sees, but that name is used there, and I think it's quite a telling name. But there's others, mm-hmm. these compound names. Yeah, like uh, Jehovah, is it Rahi? Yeah, Rohi, Rahi. Rohi. Yeah. All right. And this is I think this is a great one. So like what God is as Jehovah, he is as Rahi or Rohi. Mm-hmm. The Lord is my shepherd. Shepherd. Yeah, Rohi. Pretty, Rohi. pretty familiar one. That's right. Psalm 23, right? Mm-hmm. And so what God is as Elohim, the great transcendent, he is he is that as a as a shepherd. Mm-hmm. And how does God shepherd his people in Psalm 23? Let me read it. The Lord is my shepherd. And so that familiar, those words there, the Lord is my shepherd, is Jehovah Yahweh Rohi, or Rohi. The Lord is, I'm not even saying it right, probably. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So Jehovah, the personal God, he is that Mm. as a shepherd. He makes to lie down, he leads, he restores, he guides, he goes out, he prepares, he anoints. That's what God is. That's what Yahweh is mm-hmm. to his people, a shepherd. Mm-hmm. So there are other ones. There's lots of other ones. Lots of other ones. Let's just, so let's maybe just take a minute, give some examples of the Elohim compounds. So Elroy. The God who sees was given by Hagar when God spoke to her before Ishmael's Mm -hmm. birth in Genesis 16. Yep. 
And so you have. You yeah, know, and she's out like. Yeah. She's been kicked. Sarah's kicked her out. And nobody sees her. God sees her. Yep. What a great name. Yep. El Elyon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Most High God, Genesis 14, Daniel 4. Another one that just really emphasizes God's strength and his sovereignty, his supremacy mm-hmm. over the events that are happening. And, um, yeah. <clears throat> El, yeah. El, that El Elyon is yeah. almost, it's like a, it's like saying the same thing twice. Yeah. You know, he's God most high. No, no, he's God most, most high. <laughs> That's right. Most is high. Most is high. As a young one would say. <laughs> uh, El, is it Olam? Olam, yep. Okay, El Olam, God everlasting. And so you have this the God of eternity that just really emphasizing his unchangeableness. Um, and it's also connected with like his inexhaustible strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that in Genesis 21. Are there any other Elohim? No, I think El Shaddai, El Roy, El Elyon, El Olam. Those are probably the main ones. All right. And then we got Jehovah ones. Jehovah compounds. There's a lot of these. This is where it really. Now, this first one I can't say without like. The song. You want to say the song, right? Yeah. So Jehovah Jireh, my like, provider, Jireh. Right. Like that's what's going through my head, and it's. I don't know the rest of the song though, so that's all you get. Uh, yeah, Jehovah, my provider, uh, Genesis twenty-two. Yeah, that oh, that passage. Of course, Abraham's with Isaac, offering up Isaac. Yeah. And, and then the Lord says, "Stop." Of course, the son is asking, "Where's the where's the sacrifice? Where's the ram?" Yeah. And Abraham expresses faith, goes to offer, and then the ram's there in a thicket. It's provided. Mm-hmm. And he says, my provider, Jehovah Jireh. And, of course, that's the visual, the foreshadowing of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, beautiful passage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jehovah Nisi. Mm-hmm. Jehovah is my banner. Um, Exodus 17, that's where we see that, that yeah. name used. That's also a great passage that kids learn in Sunday school that we adults forget. On leaving exit or leaving Egypt, on the way to the Promised Land, this they're wanderers in the desert. They're not an army. The Amalekites attack them, and Moses is up on a hill. Joshua's fighting the battle. Aaron and her are with Moses, and Moses remember has his staff raised up in the air. Aaron and her on each side holding up his arms. And his arms droop. They start losing. His arms go up. They start winning. <laughs> all right, and 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 they win that battle. And then Moses gives the name Jehovah is my banner. Jehovah Nisi, like banner, is what people congregate around it under. Mm-hmm. And it's not El Nisi. It's Jehovah Nisi. This personal God. We gather underneath the name of God. And we fight underneath the name of God. Mm-hmm. And so wait a minute, there's more. Yep, there's there's more. a lot more. There are more. Let's not get caught. Steve, uh, stop. Let's go. <laughs> Jehovah Shalom. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, People probably could pick that one. Yeah, the Lord is my peace. Mm-hmm. You see that in Judges 6. Uh, Jehovah Sidkenu. Perfect. Well done. Nice. I did not practice that one 17 times yesterday. <laughs> uh, that's Jehovah is my, or is righteousness. Jehovah is righteousness. Is righteousness. Yep. In Jeremiah 23, we see that. Uh, and there's a lot of other ones that. Do you have any more written down? Uh, Jehovah Sabaoth. Yep. The Lord of hosts. Mm-hmm. We see that in 1 Samuel 1. Uh, he's the commander of the angelic armies. Like that. Yep. That one. I don't know. That, that resonates cool. with you. Like that one. Uh, 
another one that popped up was uh, Jehovah Mekadishkim. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord is the one who sanctifies his people. And then there's, a whole, like I said, there's a whole list of... Yep. There's no... I like uh, Jehovah Rapha in Exodus 15. So again, they're on their way out of Egypt, and they don't have water. All they have is this bitter water, and they're complaining and grumbling, and God takes the bitter water and he makes it sweet. And um, and so then they give the Lord Jehovah a name. He's the God who heals. He's the God who takes what's bitter and makes it sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there in Ezekiel 48, just the new Jerusalem and the new temple. Lots of chapters just describing all of that. And at the very end, chapter 28, 48 is the end of the book, at the end of the description, and the name of the place is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. That's the beauty of the new heaven and the new earth, the new Jerusalem, is the presence the presence of the Lord. What's really cool, I think, about all those compound names, whether it's Hagar, Abraham, whether it's Moses, whether it's the, the, the time of the Exodus, um, all of these names are coming out of personal experience with mm-hmm. God. Like, Jehovah is being Jehovah to them. He's yeah. keeping promises. You know, we at the beginning read Exodus 34. No, what was it, 34? Mm-hmm. Where God was giving, this is my name. Mm-hmm. And it's not just my name. Like, he's living out his name in the, through the, in the lives of his people. And as he's living out that name, they're experiencing his grace, his goodness, his provision, his protection, his strength, and they name him those things. So, yes, he's Jehovah, but here in this case, he fought our battle. He's Jehovah, um, which one is that? Nisi. Mm -hmm. He's Jehovah. He's our banner. Abraham, yes, Jehovah. He made promises, but he provided the ram. So he's Jehovah Jireh. Like, out of all of their experiences, God shows his faithfulness, he's living out his name, living out all of the attributes that we spent time looking at. Mm-hmm. And people experienced them, and they gave him these names. Like, this is what Jehovah is in this moment, how he proved himself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just shows what a great God we have. Mm-hmm. And it's not just sufficient enough for us to say, hey, God, hey, Jehovah. Mm-hmm. Like, do we look at our lives the way these people look at their lives? You know, like in the moment, how we see God working, like maybe a challenge for us is not just to say, wow, God is so good. Like, God, you are the forgiving God. You are, the, you know, you have, you're the, you know, Call on the name of the Lord and call him the things that he's done mm-hmm. is kind of what we're seeing here, you know? And so often our prayers are just, dear God, thank you, Lord. Like, maybe we need to be a little more creative mm-hmm. and a little more thoughtful and expressive in how we're addressing God and how we are responding and seeing and probably we're just not seeing yeah. how he is 
how he is working as Elohim, as Adonai, as Jehovah. How he's working as he worked in all those individuals who yep. kind of ascribed these names to him <clears throat> and described him with yep. in their yep. praise, really. Yeah, so notice in our scripture readings, notice how God is named, how he was described, and see how he's working in your life. So that kind of moves us, I think, into some of the lessons from God giving us his names. Um, what are some of the things that you want our people to hear? That he, wants, about? he wants to be known. You know, there's a revelation that's been given in in the word that helps us to see with detail who God is. And these names are a big part of that. Yep. You know, in the context of where they occur, you know, it's like, oh, you know, oh, Jehovah Rapha, okay. But then seeing it in context of the passage that it coincides with adds much more weight to it yep. and <clears throat> kind of power of understanding who God is. Yep. Yeah, you think about <clears throat> our closest relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, we, our wives, our children, our parents, well, parents, probably mom and dad, but maybe there's others. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not just dad, it's daddy. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's coming out of something. Or when we meet somebody, you know, hello, my name is, but as the course of that relationship, other names mm-hmm. get shaped as you know. And he does. He wants to be known, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's the, the the fear, not the fear. The what we try to, what we don't want this series about theology proper is just for people to know about God. Yeah. And so, all right, you can listen to this episode. And all right, God's got three primary names: Elohim, Jehovah, Adonai. Like I know that, mm-hmm. but do you know Him as that? Right. But how does that affect your relationship with Him? That's right. Right. How have you seen Him operating as Jehovah in your yeah. life? And how have you seen Him as Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Shalom? Like Jehovah is my peace. Our world's looking for peace. Yeah. Desperately, how has He been your peace? Mm-hmm. You know, and and address Him in that mm-hmm. in that way. And and he says, I want to be known. Yep. And one name can't contain all of who I am. Right, right. Um, and let that shape your, like you're, like you're talking about the world looking for this peace. Well, we know the source of that peace. He's been named that. Let's use that in your gospel witness as you're yep. talking with people. You know, that take him to that passage. This is how he's revealed himself. Yep. So he wants to be known, not just known about um, second... And it's probably related to that. He wants to be addressed. You know, call me this. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm giving you ways to call upon me, mm-hmm. to address me. Um, and thirdly here, at least I have written down, he wants his people to be identified by his name. You know, think about this next Sunday. We're going to gather together as God's people we gather in the name of Jesus Christ, and we are identified with Elohim. We identify with Jehovah, mm-hmm. with Adonai, with Jesus Christ. We haven't even talked about those names. Yeah. We will when we get to Christology. Um, but that's but that identity goes beyond just Sunday. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it goes Monday to Saturday. So who are you? I'm Steve Strong. Elohim is my Adonai. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm a follower of our creator. However, I'm not being very creative right now. But how do we think about ourselves? Yeah. How do we identify, make ourselves known, use these names? Mm-hmm. Any other lessons you walk away with? I think those are three pretty good ones. All right. So let's call it an episode and wrap baby up. All right. So that actually wraps up theology proper. Yeah. So you can go back. Hopefully it's a good resource. And um, we'll switch gears in our next episode. Thanks for listening. God bless. And we'll see you in the next episode.